This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. But I want to talk about this uh, story because I, I, it's a really fascinating story, uh, just if, if you like poker. But obviously the implications go well beyond the world of poker. And I mean, it's, I think it speaks to the advances being made uh, when it comes to artificial intelligence. So this is a program known as Libratus. I hope I'm saying that right. Created by scientists at uh, Carnegie Mellon University. And it, I believe it's still happening this week. Libertus is taking on some top poker pros. And Libertus is pretty good. And in fact, Libertus is getting pretty good. So that's at one level what's so fascinating about it. That you can teach a program to understand the game. To bluff. And also to learn. To learn from each hand. To learn when it wins. To learn when it uses. And to evolve. So I want to find out a bit more about how this program was designed. And what we can learn from it. Please to welcome to the program, uh, Thomas uh, Sandholm, professor at Carnegie Mellon University in the computer science department. Professor, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. All right, so when, when was Libertus first created? Well, I have been working on uh, solving imperfect information games since 2004, and poker has really emerged as the benchmark in the AI community for evaluating these programs. So you could say that the knowledge has started accumulating since 2004, really, in a big way, and not just in my lab, but uh, uh, from, from the poker research groups from all around the world. And this particular uh, set of algorithms, uh, my student Noam Brown and I started building in February. So we actually started from scratch. All right. Well, tell us how the program works. I mean, we, there have been computer programs in the past, obviously, that, that play poker that humans can play against. But, but Libertus is unique in a lot of ways. Yes. So um, in the AI research community, uh, uh, when it came to poker, the first full-size benchmark was Heads Up Limit Texas Hold'em, which was actually studied by Michael Bowling's research group at the University of Alberta. Uh, but uh, for the last uh, few years, the emphasis has really switched to this uh, harder game of heads up, no limit Texas Hold'em, where when it is your turn to bet, you can bet any amount of chips up to all the chips you have. So it's a much bigger and uh, harder game to solve. Right. And it certainly requires bluffing and it requires knowing when to bluff and when not to bluff. So is that something that, that the program is, is learning as it plays? Uh, so, uh, I wouldn't quite say that, no. So, uh, how it works is that it just takes us input the rules of the game, mm -hmm. uh, and it can be really almost any game. It's not, these algorithms are not about poker. You just input the rules of the, po of the poker game, or any other game like negotiation or bargaining or auctions, what have you, cybersecurity, and it will spit out um, a good strategy for the game. And that strategy is an approximation of Nash equilibrium, invented by John Nash, uh, a Nobel Prize winner in economics, who really changed the way 
the world thinks about how what rationality is in multi-agent settings. Actually, he was a CMU alumnus um, uh, way back. And our algorithms actually find solutions that are um, trying to approximate this classic solution concept called Nash equilibrium. So the solution concept has to be married with these algorithms to actually come up with good strategies. And when the algorithms output these good strategies according to Nash equilibrium, they already include uh, all of these phenomena like bluffing, slow play, when to bluff, how much to bluff, how often to bluff, uh, and so forth. So people oftentimes think of bluffing as a psychological phenomenon, but it's not. It's a mathematical phenomenon. And uh, the algorithms automatically figure out that. And that's not even the learning part of the algorithm, uh, although you could say that it's a formal learning because the agent is learning that in self-play. But the learning part of Libratus is really about looking at the, uh, what weaknesses in our own strategy the opponent has been able to exploit and exploit the most. The algorithms automatically prioritize those weaknesses. And then we have an automated way um, to fix those weaknesses by running algorithms that will patch into our strategy some more refined strategy components so that the weaknesses that the opponent happens to find and exploit, they will go away. So it's one thing to know the rules, but there's an inherent unpredictability to the game, and you need to be able to be unpredictable, throw off your opponent. How, how do you program Libertas to be unpredictable, and when to be unpredictable? Yes, that is already, that is uh, coming back to the notion Nash equilibrium. So in Nash equilibrium, you're already taking into account how you should think of the opponent's actions as signals about their private information and how your actions will signal to the opponent about your private information. And that type of information hiding or even misrepresentation through your actions is already part of the Nash equilibrium solution concept, and it's done perfectly in the Nash equilibrium. However, the Nash equilibrium is just a solution concept. It's a definition of how to play. It doesn't really do anything. So that's why you need to marry it with these sophisticated algorithms that will actually find strategies that are in Nash equilibrium. But again, you don't uh, program in any of the strategy yourself. So you don't uh, tell it uh, how to randomize, uh, when to randomize, or anything like that. That's, uh, that's already figured out by the algorithms automatically. And what are the real-world applications for that? So yes, as I mentioned, these are not algorithms for solving poker. These are algorithms for solving imperfect information game situations in general. And when I say game, I don't mean it in a recreational sense. These can be very serious. I just mean any setting that you can actually formally model and feed as input to these algorithms. And in my lab, we have already been uh, over the years looking at many different application areas, including negotiation, bargaining, auctions, cybersecurity, um, and also uh, in a relatively new project that we have only worked on for two years and have published only a couple of papers on, uh, we are looking at steering evolution and biological adaptation, uh, for example, to battle viral and bacterial infections with these sequential uh, strategic plans. And we have also uh, worked on steering the immune system, in particular the T cells in the immune system to adapt 
to better fight the disease at hand. And we have looked at cancer and autoimmune diseases. I also uh, project that there will be significant applications in the military as well as in certain areas of finance. For example, uh, areas where there are a small number of very large players, such as, uh, for example, upstairs blocks trading by the large banks. Well, fascinating. So in the meantime, uh, the poker game's continuing this week, into the weekend? Yes, uh, we are uh, playing every day, and uh, uh, we expect the competition to reach its completion of 120,000 hands on uh, Monday evening. And how's Libertus doing so far? Oh, uh, Libertus is doing very well. (laughs) Uh, So after this morning's session, uh, Libertus is ahead by... um, about $1.3 million in uh, chips, and it is ahead of each one of the four professional poker players. And I just want to say that these are four of the absolute best heads-up, no-limit Texas Hold'em specialist poker pros. So if Libratus can indeed beat these guys like it now looks like it can, uh, it will have achieved superhuman level in strategic reasoning under imperfect information. Well, fascinating stuff. Professor Sandholm, thanks so much for joining us here today. My pleasure. Thanks much for appreciate it. Me. Take care. Uh, Tuama Sandholm, Professor at Carnegie Mellon University, the Computer Science Department, uh, one of the developers of this uh, Libertus program, uh, which, uh, as you mentioned, they, the games have been continuing uh, all week. That's the other thing. Libertus program doesn't get tired. These guys are playing poker all day long. Uh, so that's certainly one disadvantage. Listen, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, as mentioned, Jason Kenney's going to join us. Uh, we'll get another perspective on everything that's transpired in Alberta politics over the last 20 20- Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.